InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody, and thanks again for joining me on Invest Talk this Friday afternoon, October 12th. And the market has certainly been giving us a bit of a joy ride over the past few days. Okay, maybe I can't use the word joy ride, maybe just ride. How about a nice ride? I don't know how joyful it is. But I did warn you that October is the most volatile month. I've been warning people for years about this. And I talked about it most of September, that October is going to be the volatile month. September can be, but October is known for the worst market days of the year. October is. So, there's really, it's volatility, everybody. There's no need to panic about it. As a matter of fact, there, there's going to be some opportunities developed from these, this weakness. There is going to be opportunities. You had a bounce today. Right? There was a point in the day I, I thought it wouldn't, but it did. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, we're going to push on with the program today. And, of course, you, you know, we feel bad for all that devastation we see from the Hurricane uh, Hurricane Michael and Panhandle and on up through the Carolina. And, you know, it's a tropical storm now. But, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a tropical storm, but it just sheets of water comes down. Just sheets. So it, it can be pretty pretty devastating. Flooding can be pretty big. You know, it's going to go across, uh, across uh, let's see, I know Carolinas, and then back out to the Atlantic Ocean and across to Europe. Did you know that? Now, I don't know if it'll pick up more steam or just slowly peter out. I don't know. Anyways, but for now, closer to home, our investment portfolios, we are going to use our time this hour to help you learn how to make better investing decisions. And I hope you'll be part of the process by calling in with your questions. And the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. I do want to make a quick mention of our new InvestTalk sponsor, YCharts. Listeners can call, you know, listeners call me all the time. I know Justin, too, and ask us what software we use. They always do. And, you know, we have not really been, you know, we don't share everything because, you know, we reserve that for our clients. But YCharts is one of the one of the main pieces of software we do indeed use. It's a data research, charting, filtering program with all the fundamentals you need. Now, I'm telling you, we use YCharts. We do. Because I think it's one of the best pieces of software out there. Much better than just giveaway tools, you know, the tools that you get on a website. And, yeah, there are good ones out there. I'm not even saying that. But, you know, it's night and day difference. Anyways, um, and of course, white charts can't be free. I mean, but it is pretty cheap. It's pretty inexpensive, and you get you do get to use it for free as a test. And if you mention investtalk.com, you get a nice discount. So you can do that too. Today is Friday, and regular listeners understand that I devote the early part of the program sharing excerpted highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter, and this is the newsletter that. We send out directly to subscribers every Friday in the morning or late morning. And before I make 
in the newsletter comments, let's take a question from a caller. I always like to get started off with a caller. You can call our listener line anytime you want, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is May. I'm a podcast listener. Love the show. I learned a lot about investing from you guys. Steve mentioned last week that he was in the insurance business before. So I want to ask his opinion about IUL and DUL, the index universal life or uh, variable universal life, because somebody is pitching those products to me. So let me know what do you think about them. Thank you. Bye. If you need life insurance, if you need life insurance, I always suggest you just buy term life. Why? I don't like universal life and whole life. Why? Because term, you know, if you need some life insurance, there's a, there's a, you don't need it forever. You need it for a specific time for a specific purpose. Maybe you're the sole income earner of your family and you need to replace that income if you're gone. Or, you know, there's two income earners in your family and if one of the incomes disappear, you know, you need to replace it. There's reasons to have life insurance. You have kids or mortgage. There's reasons. So I'm not opposed to life insurance, per se. I'm not. But I don't like the universal life, variable life, whole life, because they act like they have, that part of the premium you're paying is for, is for insurance. The other part is for investments. And then they give you choices of what, you know, what kind of investment uh, and they, there's, it's a complex contract that they get you, you have to sign. And you're usually locked in for 7 to 10 years. I don't like that aspect. You, you usually are, you know, you get to pick some mutual funds. And the costs are quite high. When you can just buy the life insurance term life, which is a much lower premium, take the difference and just buy an index mutual fund, S&P 500. Do that for umpteen years. And you'll be far ahead of the game than if you bought a universal life, a whole life. Now, I've done this with my family members and did the math. And it generally works out pretty good. If you just put a simple compounding factor of about 8%, which is, you know, what the S&P 500 could do. And, you know, you'll have a ton of money. Your chances of you dying are pretty slim, as you know. But you, do, you can buy term life to protect you against that. So I do like, I don't like universal life or whole life, any of those. I like term. Now, the KPP premium newsletter goes out every day, every Friday, every Friday. It's, a, it's, it's pretty solid information, okay? I try to give you a, a quick look at on the first section of what's gone on in the week and why. Sometimes, I, many times I'll talk about the economic numbers because they you know, are important, especially the leading economic indicators in the newsletter. Um, and this week, of course, was pretty wild. I mean, we had a very volatile week, and October tends to be that way historically. And I mentioned that in the newsletter. It tend, the downstroke in stock prices should not come as any surprise. As we've been, I've been warning in that newsletter for weeks that we, you know, we were going to see most likely volatility. And October is by far the most volatile month. So I try to give you an idea of the cycles, the yearly cycle, the economic cycle, the bear and bull market cycles, and how and when they occur. There's no timing in the market, but I do try to give you a heads up of what has historically been happening. Okay? And I mentioned that, you know, the markets did pretty poorly this week. 
Uh, so, but the economic news was light. There wasn't a lot of economic news, really. I give a couple of stock ideas in there. Consumer Watch, I talked about healthcare options and how you can try to save money. There's not a lot of them, but you know, I talked about the HSA and health savings account. So, you know, that was in there. And then uh, a man, there's a section in there, in there called uh, Portfolio Management, how to manage a portfolio. You know, and we always give you, like, helpful hints on how to do it every week. So as you can tell, there's, a, there's lots of valuable information in the KBP Premium Newsletter. Easy to describe directly through investtalk.com. And I hope you do that. Investtalk.com. Two T's in there. And now I invite you, uh, invite your, any of your financial investing questions you might have on your mind. 888-99-CHART is our number. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And I have the save the date reminder for you. <coughs> Excuse me. November 7th, I'll be returning to San Jose to conduct no-cost personalized portfolio reviews. I do that almost every month. Go up to the Bay Area. Uh, you can register at investtalk.com. It's a fast-moving Friday, everybody. We're taking your questions. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. You should consider Equity Income Plus, a key strategy that you may be missing. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Vitaly in Atlanta. I hope, are you getting poured on out there, Vitaly? Uh, no, we did a couple of days ago, but not anymore. We did get a lot of rain. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks for taking uh, yeah, the we, call. We I appreciate it. I appreciate you making it. Thank you. Yeah, um, I had two questions. One was about strategy and one was about a stock. I'm not sure if you have time to answer both. Um, sure. I'll start with the strategy question. So, um, so if you buy and sell ETFs, um, is this a good strategy to buy? And then when you're up a lot, let's just say 20% or any percentage amount, um, and then you sell it and then you buy another ETF that has been down, is that like a good strategy or would you not recommend that? Well, uh, of course, it can be a good strategy, but you, if, it, if you're doing it in a taxable account, you've got to pay capital gains tax on that 20%. And if it's short-term versus long-term, short-term means it's at your ordinary income tax rate, those gains, you've got to pay taxes at your ordinary income tax rate. Long-term, you pay 20%. So it's not a good idea just to switch from one to another and doing about the same thing. It's not because, you know, you're, you're just, you're defeating yourself with having to pay taxes. If you're switching to another sector because you're getting out of a very hot sector and think that that sector has already had its run and you're moving to another sector that you think has better prospects, then yeah, that the, the strategy is, is fine. There's nothing wrong with that strategy. Okay, but you, you got to be concerned because you're going to lose money to Uncle Sam unless you have yeah. other tax losses that you can offset it. 
I'll have to Gotcha, the okay. 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 And, and your you, question you is time. on international paper? Yeah, yep. Do you own it or do you want to buy it? I own it and I was thinking about, about purchasing more because um, since I purchased it about a week ago, it's been going down because of the market correction. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I'm curious if I should be buying more. Okay. <laughs> Okay, think about what it's in. It's international paper, so it manufactures printing, writing papers, pulp, packaging products, and con- and container boards, okay? So that's the kind of thing it makes. This is a pretty cyclical stock, meaning if the economic cycle is is strong, this should do pretty well. If, the, if, the, if we feel that the economic cycle is peaking or going to start to roll over, then this kind of stock won't work as well. And that might be what you're seeing because the stock peaked in uh, peaked at the beginning of the year, and has never recovered from that, and it's been going down, and now more uh, more more speedily in this course recent couple three weeks. On the other hand, it's a very good company, Vitaly. It's a strong company, makes uh, makes money. Uh, it's growing its sales eight to ten percent. It's 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 inexpensive. It's going to make five dollars and fifty-seven cents next year. It's a forty-two dollars stock, so it's under nine, and that's a low end of its PE ratio. So from that point of view, it's very strong. So what I would do if you want to buy more, I'd wait for see some kind of strength come back into the stock because it's still falling, and then I'd pick it up. But don't pick up more than three to five percent of your portfolio. Don't don't put don't overload on it. Vitaly, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Dinesh. Uh, oh, we got Dinesh. You got to hold on. I'm sorry, but we got to now get. You know, we, I'm up against a break. I apologize. We'll get to you. So don't don't go away. The market was uh, up today. You had a you had a what we would call. I'm going to call it a dead cat bounce. You ever heard of that term? Market was up today. 287 points on the Dow. 167 points on the Nasdaq, and 39 points on the S&P. It was up 300 and some points earlier. Gave that all back, went to negative ter- territory, and the last hour or two crawled, a, got it all back. So it's a pretty, pretty volatile intraday today. But I'm going to call it a dead cap bounce, meaning it's just a bounce from being oversold for the last two days. It really doesn't. Today doesn't really tell us anything. That maybe it doesn't tell us like, oh, the correction's over. It doesn't tell us that. You're going to have to wait till next week to get some more. Uh, or data under our belts. This is the best talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and you've heard us talking about it. The next online webinar, we're calling it the Wealth Webinar. Uh, appropriate title, by the way. Invest Talk listeners call each week asking Steve or Justin to name the software tools they use for data research and filtering. Ready? Y Charts. And if you go to YCharts.com, you can get a free trial. Even better, mention Invest Talk when you purchase and you'll get a significant discount. But now, have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. We're going out to Dennis in Kansas. Dennis, thanks for holding. I appreciate it. Hi, Steve. How are you today? I'm good, and thank you very much. Hey, um, I have a question about uh, a stock. 
I have a very tiny uh-huh. position in this in this company, and uh, I've been following it for a while. Seems a good company. Um, it's Tech Data, T as in Tom, uh-huh. G Elephant, C, uh, I got it. and uh, mm-hmm. D as in Daniel. Okay. Uh, it, it distributes peripheral systems, networking, the software products to 27 logistics centers. It is a $2.6 billion company. It's really inexpensive because it makes good money. It's going to make $9.77 this year. And next year, it's scheduled to make $10.56. And it's a $69 stock. So it tells you it's a 6 PE. And the five-year range has never been below seven. So it's way cheap, and it's still growing its earnings. It did slow, I mean, it's growing its sales. It did slow its growth in sales, and that's probably one of the reasons why the stock looks pretty weak. Everybody gets nervous when sales growth slows down. But did you notice it didn't collapse as much as the market did when the last couple of three, four days? It did not. So it's very close to its low. I'd probably wait for it to bounce, though. Wait till, It did go up today about 1.5%. I'd probably wait till it goes above about 72, because that's where the 20-day moving average is, 71-something. And then at least you know that at least it's starting to move up. It may not continue to move up, but you don't want to try to catch a falling knife. It, it, but it is very right. solid company. Okay? Very solid company. So yeah, I, I kind of like it. It's interesting that the uh, the there's a part of the of, of the software and hardware companies that are really inexpensive, especially the chip makers. They're really cheap these days. Um, and uh, where there's other parts are you know especially the internet type companies, uh, very expensive. Kind of a dichotomy growing there. Today's main talking point, everybody, Apple has said it will purchase a part of long-term supplier Dialog. Three, that's what, I think it's 600 million, I think they're paying for it. What does Apple get out of the deal? We're going to talk about that. Okay, I also want to talk about, will this stock market weakness mean a rush to CDs? I wanted to talk about that yesterday, never got to it. But we will today, I promise. Okay, Uh <coughs> Excuse me. Also, um, uh, we didn't get to a couple of things yet, 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 yet that I wanted to get to. Uh, where did it go? It's on my desk somewhere. You know, I have about 100 pieces of paper on my desk. Of course, I always try to be organized. Here it is. Wells Fargo, did you see that they issued a CMO? Remember CMOs? Collateral mortgage obligations. Those are one of the things that help cause a great financial crash of 2008 they issued some they're getting ready to issue some are they coming back and what damage did this week do really to the indexes what kind of damage how much how far did it go down is it are we should we worry about it too? how much worry should we have and i'm going to talk about those things of course you always come first and we're going to go to bill in fremont how you doing bill i'm pretty good uh steve how are you i am doing great and i appreciate the call Oh, good. I, I got two questions. The first was kind of a silly one, but I'm really curious. Why do major league teams, why do they not sell on the New York Stock Exchange? You know they could if they wanted to. They could. They could. But yeah. no owner has ever decided to take them public. 
um, maybe because they lose a lot of money on a, on a pretty consistent basis. The value of the teams go up, but the, their profits are nil. So the owners just keep them running until they want to sell them, and then they make a fortune. Yeah. But, yeah. but what's your other the question? Bowl, the revenue really go up. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. So what's your I, other yeah, question? I don't know. I, I have another question. Um, if I was to buy into wide charts, would, it, would, I, would you recommend mm-hmm. wide charts or markets uh, for someone who's new at investing? Well, uh, well the, the, both of them are good pieces of software. Marcus Smith is much lighter, much uh, not nearly as sophisticated, not nearly as deep. If you're going to buy one, you buy wide charts, uh, okay. and because okay. you can build, you can you can do a lot more with it. We build our own spreadsheets where we filter in the data, and then we just get to put symbols in, and it just filters in all the data automatically, symbol after symbol after symbol of stock symbol. And just filters in all the data the way we want to see it. It's really a lot more sophisticated, a lot de- a lot deeper than market uh, market Smith. I like market Smith though, because I like the fact that you can yeah. look at a, one page and see a lot of information. So don't think I don't like it. I just white charge is a much better piece of software. Okay. Appreciate the call, Bill. Thank you. Monday on Invest Talk. Do you realize that 15 million people a year use at least one small dollar credit product? Do you know what that is? And maybe that is something we need to talk about. Justin will have this story on Monday. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions now. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process, and listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Ycharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Ycharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Ycharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. This 
This is Invest Talk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no cost and no obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay. You've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. I, you know, I get emails constantly, right? You all know that. And I get emails and quite a few questions about individual stocks. And here's one that I got earlier on today. Hi, Steve. I hope you are doing well. Say hi to Justin and the team. Thank you to thank you to Ju- you and Justin for daily knowledge and through Investor Podcast. Please, what do you think of stock symbol ELF Beauty Inc.? Is it a value trap? And so I wanted to answer that question. It is not a value trap. Okay, uh, ELF is uh, manufactures and markets cosmetic pro- products under the ELF brand name. It is a very small company, five hundred forty-seven million. It's very very uncommon for this small of a company to be a value trap, by the way. It could be, but it's unusual. They make money. They're going to make, uh, they made 69 cents a share last year. This year, they're going to make 57. And then next year, they're going to make 57. Sales growth is in the high, mid to high single digits, 6 to 9%. Uh, and the, the stock is $11.51. So 57 cents a share tells you that this is a 20 PE. And the lower their PE range is 14. So it's not it's not a value stock, so it can't be a value trap. It's not it's not it's not cheap enough to become be a value stock. Uh, I would say it's a little expensive in fact, based on next year's and earnings. I, I don't think it's something that I, I would not consider the stock to the, the, the uh, Chart is weak, <coughs> excuse me, and I just don't think it has enough horsepower. It needs to be growing a lot more than single digits, being a small company that it is. It doesn't deserve much more of a stock price than where it is. It doesn't deserve it. So it was, it's got a nice return on equity, 20%. I mean, that's good. And ownership, uh, management owns 15%. That's good, too. But it doesn't have enough to tell me that you need to buy this stock because it'll go back to where it was. And it, it's, it's, it's got as high as $32 a share. And that's a long, that's huge run up from here. But we're not, that was in the days it was growing a lot faster. So uh, I, I, it wouldn't be for me. Okay. 888-99-CHART. Today's the main talking point, of course, about Apple. Apple buying uh, a part supplier, Dialog, who supplies them with some chips. They're buying it for $600 million. And you do realize that that's, the, that's spare change to Apple. That's like, that's like pocket change to Apple as far as buying that. It's not a big deal to them. It is a supplier. You know, they're, they're chips. They're, they're really, what they're buying is patents. That's what they're after, and that's what they're buying. They're also buying 300 engineers. And these chips that this company makes, Dialog makes, are chips that manage power supply in their cell phones and in their devices, in Apple's devices, so that the you know power doesn't drain. 
So it's a it's something that Apple is very very much interested in, and they were already moving in that direction internally, and this just gives them a boost. So uh, will that help them? Oh yeah, I think it's going to help Apple. Uh, will it help Dialog? I'm not so convinced because they're losing 300 engineers and a bunch of patents. They're still a viable company and still providing chips and everything, but. Doesn't this tell you that Apple is going in the direction of making its own down the road? You know, why? Yeah. And then what happens to Dialogue if Apple's no longer their customer? So, uh, I, it's an interesting deal. This is the kinds of things that you have to really understand what they're doing. Like, if you own the stock of Dialogue, let's say it was a, I don't even know if it's public trade, but if you own that stock, you would really have to think long and hard if this is a good deal. Yeah, they're getting a bunch of money, but is it a good deal? Okay, we're going to go to uh, Wolio, Wolio and Gilroy. How you doing, Gilroy? How's Very it going? Good. How are yourself? I'm doing good. Thank How you for you? the call. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah, I want to talk to you about SPY. Okay. Uh, around uh, around 2.15 this afternoon, uh, Eastern Time, uh, it changed. It went up. i just wondering if yep. you have any kind of indication or news that made the... the okay. Uh, what, what's happened so, is the SPY, or, or the S, which is the S&P 500, everybody, if you notice, if you look at a chart, it went right to the 200-day moving average, which is one of those long-term moving averages that investors like me take a look at. And, and that's the dividing line between a bear market and a bull market. If the stocks are below that, if the whole index is below that, that's bearish. If it's above it, it's bullish. So it went right to it yesterday, traded below it, bounced off it today going up, and if you were watching in the intraday, Wolial, uh, you would have saw that it opened up high, fell down below, found out, fell to a low, then came back at the end of the day. I, I'd like to call these things, it looks like to me, just a, what we call in the business a dead cat bounce, meaning it's not going to go anywhere. We don't, it doesn't, we don't think it means anything yet. If it holds that 200-day moving average, that our correction could be over, but we have to wait for like another week to see if the volatility calms down and we don't, you know, we got to wait at least another week to see if that happens. But it's the first sign that we're saying that, well, maybe the stock market won't go down as much as we thought. Because I'm thinking 10%. And did, I don't know if everybody knows, but the Russell 2000, which is small stocks, an index of small stocks, it did go down 10%. That is a normal correction, the Russell 2000. But the S&P 500 only went down to, didn't go down that far, and just went to the 200-day moving average, which is where it is right now, just sitting a little bit above the 200-day. The 200-day moving average for SPY is 274, 274. And it's settled at 275.95, almost 276. So a couple points above it. Now, the Dow... The Dow went down 5.2%, 1,400 points. So, um, and that was only last, this week went down that much. Just really two days, really. But, uh, so the market itself, 
we I, I think we're just going to have to wait. We just you can't really make a judgment. Is a, a normal correction is about ten percent, but it's still a correction if it goes down, let's say nineteen percent. It's only if it goes down more than twenty percent that people say now we're in a bear market. If the market goes down more than twenty percent, I, I don't I don't see it doing that. I really don't see it doing that. I I, I think it. Uh, I think a correction is in, in the cards. It could go back to test the lows we made in February. That's a possibility. And that's all the way down to 252 on the SPY. Remember, it's at 275 now. So that's another 25 points. And that's about 10 more percent. That would be like almost a 15% pullback if it goes back to the lows that it made in February. And that would still be considered a pullback, everybody. Not a bear market. Okay. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. As many of you may know, I travel to San Jose every month, usually. And I will be back there on November 7th. That is a Wednesday. So if you want to meet with me, that's a good time to do it. Time to call. Set up a, set up a time. You know, I do individual you know, portfolio reviews. I talk about retirement. I talk about, we talk about a lot of things. Your personal financial story. And see if... Uh, See if you're in a good place to retire or not, or or if I can even help you. So that's where I'll be. Love and remember, it's November, November seventh. Go to investtalk.com to register. Okay, the phones are lying open. We are talking to our callers. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. It can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and on all InvestTalk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, and podcast replays. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. And unlike many other advisors, Steve and Justin always provide unbiased recommendations unaffected by third-party considerations. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California office or send a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, Wells Fargo announced today that for the first time now since the financial crisis, they are uh, going to offer CMOs. Do you remember CMOs? There were CDOs, CMOs, collateral mortgage obligations, and that's where they their their bonds. They're basically bonds in which the bank puts together a bunch of mortgages in 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 a, a package and sells them to the public. You and me. Okay, and. This is not, they're just offering this one. There's another bank that did this recently, but these are the things that were credited with causing a, an acceleration of the crash of the financial system in 2008 because way too many of these were offered out there, okay? So, simply put, it's just, they're just going to put these bank loans together, the, the mortgage together, and then sell them to the public. And why did the banks do that? Why did they do that? Because when they offer a mortgage, you know, they get, let's say they issue a, you, you, you a 30-year mortgage, a 30-year 
fixed rate mortgage. They can hold on to that mortgage for 30 years and make the money that they pay, you know, that you know, that interest that you have to pay them. But they don't like doing that. That's way too long. They rather sell them, and many banks sell them. They sell them to other banks. Many, 69% of these mortgages, of all mortgages, are purchased by Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which, you know, that's what they do. They hold on to mortgages. But they don't like hold on to them because they want the money when they sell them to, you know, whoever. They get the money back and then they reloan it. They, they want to keep that money flowing. That's how they make money. They make more money that way. So another way is to, if, if Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac won't buy it or they're, you know, they're not the hot market, then another way is for them to package them up and sell them to the public you and me. Um, is this going to be a problem? That's really what I'm asking. Is this going to be a problem for us? For our economic system? Is it? Not so sure about that. Okay. Let's take another caller. 888-992-4278 is our number. And here's what a call that came in earlier. Hi, my name is John. I was calling from Walnut Creek. I just had a question about stop loss and stop stop limit orders are they more or less the same and which one do you guys prefer to use and also regarding trailing stop losses and trailing stop limits what's the best way to find the the dollar the best dollar amount to use for that do you use the a spread between the intraday high and low or do you just look at the lows over the past month or two and decide where to set your stop loss or stop limit. Thank you guys very much. You have a very nice show. Bye-bye. Well, I wish it was a really quick and easy answer to that, but that's, that's not easy. I can define them for you. A stop limit, and that's what we use. And when he's talking about stop limits, stop losses, what he's talking about is selling a position, selling a stock, and the order, the types of order you put in. So it's called a stop. In other words, stop me. I don't want to be in the stock anymore. Stop me. Stop. A stop limit is you're asking the broker or whoever you're dealing with to sell the stock at a specific price. I want a stop limit order at $69.82. That means it's got to go to $69.82 for you to sell it. Now, a, a stop loss, just a stop loss, you have to, that doesn't tell them anything. You can go a stop loss limit, a limit, which is a exact price, or market, at market. Means they'll sell it at a price and at the market, whatever the next price is. Okay, so let's say you say, I want a stop loss at, uh, at the market at uh, uh, $69 a share or, or less. So as soon as it hits $69, they put the order in. But what if the next sale, what if it doesn't sell at 69? What if the next one is $68.82? Well, if you did a limit, it would not trigger the trade because it's a specific price you're asking for. But you can say $69 or worse and you would now get whatever the next trade is, you get, you get out. Now, how to set them? That's a very, very big question and one I really can't answer uh, on the uh, on the air because that's that's difficult to pick the spot depends on what you want to do it's going to be one of our classes in the best talk academy i think 
By Monday, October, we will be half over, by the way. Amazing. The month will be already half over by on Monday. And remember, I'll be in November 7th. I'll be up in San Jose. Please you know, call and set up your uh, portfolio review if you want to meet with me. Go to investtalk.com to do that. And we've still got about 10 minutes left in the show. So your finance questions are next. 888 Next Invest Talk. 15 million people a year use at least one small dollar credit product. And that interest can be very costly. But now there are money saving alternatives. Justin will have that story Monday. It's a Friday. Steve is here ready with answers and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Okay, now we're gonna go. We're gonna go talk to Tom. He's in Danville. How you doing, Tom? I like Danville. It's a neat little town up there. Yeah, it is. We enjoy living here. Uh, thanks for yeah. taking my call. I had a question Thank about uh, preferred bonds, or I guess sometimes they're called units. I'm trying to increase uh-huh. the yield on the fixed uh, portion of my rollover IRA, and just reading about right. these, they seem to have yields in the four or five, maybe even 6%, and they come to market, I guess, at $25 or so. But I don't know much right. more about them in terms of, you know, availability or if they're liquid or not, or what? what's your thoughts they're on They're not, okay, they're not too liquid. Uh, I don't want to say they're illiquid, but it really depends on which ones you buy, okay? But usually you don't buy them to sell. You buy them because you want to hold on to them and, 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 and collect the yields. And they can be pretty good yields on those things. And they're preferred, so they're higher up. If something goes wrong with the underlying company, they're higher up. But you really have to, Tom, look at the underlying company. Who's issuing them and how strong are they? Uh, but I think... I think that they can find a place in your portfolio. I don't see why not, you know, uh, as part of How your available? income part of. Uh, How available are they? Or where do you get them? They're 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 not common. They're not, you know, that's one of the problems with you buying them because you're unless you have millions of dollars and you can buy hundreds of thousand dollars at a time, you're not going to be one of the preferred buyers. So your bond guy, your bond dealer, is not going to give you the best. It's just been my experience, you know. They say, "Here's the leftovers." Yeah, we got those, and they don't really tell you. Yeah, they're the leftovers that no one else wanted. You know, the big boys come in and snap them up if they're really good. So buying any bonds is a little bit tricky for people, unless you buy, you know, direct from like the state, you know, a a, a, a state bond, a revenue bond, or a U.S. Treasury direct. Then you know you're getting the same deal everybody else is getting. But when you have to go through a bond dealer of any kind, you just don't get the best deals. But, Tom, I don't want to discourage you from them. They are a very good income source. They are. Okay? But they're hard, They're not common. They're not just out there for you to look at a bunch of them and buy one. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Tom. Appreciate it. And thanks for listening. I do, I do like that. And, you know, we're running very much out of time, everybody. Um, you know...
This week has been very volatile. We know that we knew it's going to be volatile. Okay, I want to make sure that everybody everybody knows that a bounce like we saw today is no sign that the volatility is done. It's just a bounce. Okay, we will have a clearer picture after five more days of trading all next week. And I have a feeling we are not done with this correction. What normally happens, and you can go back just to the, just this year, we had a 10% correction in February. The market bounced up. And if you look at the days, you had two or three days, like, I'm trying to get those days, right at the beginning of February, two or three days where it fell very hard like it did these last two days, day before yesterday, and then bounced up in one day, like it did today. Then the very next day, it went down a little bit. Then the next day after that, it fell hard again. Then it bounced again, down and up. See, so take a look at the chart of earlier in the year. And that pattern is pretty common. Okay, it's not unusual. So it will chatter big bounces up and down. And that, hopefully, then you see it starting to calm down. And then you know, okay, then you could step in and buy more stocks at that point. But you got to be patient. Just got to be patient. Now, can it go straight back up from here? Of course it could. Of course, you know, anything can happen. There, reading a chart, I want to make sure you understand that reading charts tend to repeat themselves, but it's not a science. Reading charts is not a science. It's more of an art. And what you're doing is you're looking at previous responses, emotional responses to, to prices by people. You're looking at it and say, people tend to repeat themselves. That's it. Pretty much all there is to it. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, driven again by your calls, as they always are. I remind you, our podcast listeners, uh, and that they will be hearing more about YCharts, on our, which is our new sponsor, and the maker of the software that Justin and I use for serious research. Data filters, charting, has massive amount of data. But we do use our YCharts every day. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.